I V M. a brand new episode of the Musafir Stories, India's very own travel podcast, where each week we share the journey of travellers in their own words and relive their experiences with you, our listeners. Hello everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of the Musafir Stories. A lot of us like to make resolutions and set ourselves goals for the new year. One such resolution that Saif and I made is to learn about something we love and to learn with purpose. As a part of this goal, we've been learning by streaming The Great Courses Plus and we want you to join us. While Saif continues to learn about Indian history, I have been uncovering the Mayan civilization through a course called Exploring the Mayan World on The Great Courses Plus app. The Mayan world is a crossroads of epics and culture, a fascinating kaleidoscope of its architecture, mathematics, food and of course the famous Mayan calendar. Acclaimed archaeologist Dr. Edwin Barhart is our guide through the Mayan world that is filmed on the locations of northern Yucatan. What's even better is that not only can you view the course on any device, you can also choose to listen to the course audio using the Great Courses Plus app, just like you would listen to a podcast. So now you can learn anytime, anywhere. You too can enjoy one month of free unlimited access to the Great Courses Plus app by using the special URL that is thegreatcoursesplus.com forward slash musafir. Go check it out. The link is included in the show notes section. On this week's episode, we speak about a pristine destination nestled in the heart of the Himalayas. As many of you would have read, it is heartbreaking to hear that a number of villages and locals of Chamoli district in Uttarakhand have been severely impacted by the recent glacier burst and the resulting flooding in the region. Please do consider donating to the Chief Minister's Relief Fund once details are available. We hope and pray that everyone impacted is able to cope with the effects of the disaster and the loss of loved ones. Now on with today's episode. So with that introduction, we'd love to welcome Raksha Rao from the blog The Roving Heart. Raksha, thank you so much for being a part of the Musafir Stories and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's so glad to be here. It's our pleasure, Raksha. Thank you. And uh, I know we had been talking about having you for a while, but uh, things kept happening. Life kept uh, moving, but uh, really glad to finally have you on the podcast. Uh, Now, Raksha, the introduction I gave about you is um, very short and concise. Why don't you speak a little bit more about yourself and uh, also about your blog, The Roving Heart? Hi, I'm Raksha and my blog is therowingheart.com. I started it about four years ago in 2016. It's an adventure and experiential blog. And about me, I am a travel blogger and also a software engineer. And currently, I'm doing freelancing. So yeah, that's about it. Okay, wonderful. Uh, But uh, tell us in terms of the podcast itself, we and the listeners are keen to kind of find out where you're taking us to. Uh, Today, I'm taking you to Oli, 
and it's one mm-hmm. of my favorite places in india and uh, we will talk more about oli and uh, skiing in oli i went okay. uh, i have been to oli two times and once i went for a trek and that's when i discovered oli because it was kind uh-huh. of a pit stop for my trek kuari pass trek that i was doing and i ended up staying in oli before and after the trek and the second time that i went to was specifically to oli uh, where i did skiing so i learned skiing i went for a skiing course so mm-hmm. we will talk about that looking forward to this and uh, uh, anybody from south india would uh, tell you this that uh, there's always uh, this aspiration towards uh, traveling to the mountains traveling to the himalayas to the north basically for a lot of these experiences we have a few of these places uh, beautiful places down south as well but snow is something we don't have oh yes <laughs> so <laughs> all of us look up to the himalayas for that uh, so really excited to be talking about uh, oli Uh, now tell us uh, a little bit in terms of uh, just orientation right because not uh, a lot of us might know even though in the past few years it has uh, kind of picked up in um, terms of popularity and people and tourists coming there uh, can you please tell us where oli is in terms of orientation and in terms of where it lies on the map yeah so oli is in uttarakhand and mm-hmm. it's like a small town uh, at an altitude of about 200 2500 meters or so yeah and uh, it's close to uh, the it's actually on the way to badrinath temple so a lot of uh, people on the way to badrinath temple they stop there and uh, it's actually comes uh, near the valley of flower trek which yep. a lot of people might know about so valley of flower kuari pass trek so it's all in that region yeah exactly in the uttarakhand um, state of india like uh, like raksha mentioned and yeah it's situated kind of like completely surrounded by the himalayas right uh, it, it has like beautiful beautiful views in all directions oh, yes. and uh, uh oli in itself doesn't have um, i don't think it does have any significant pilgrimage sites as such but yeah it's completely surrounded yes. by a lot of these right right from yeah. uh, like you mentioned there is things like the chardham or Yes. that are close by i guess it's just a, a part of being in the dev bhumi like they call <laughs> uttarakhand right oh yes so wonderful uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about the beautiful mountains that surround uh, oli as well uh, but in terms of uh, time of the year uh, when do you suggest would be a good time to travel here so again uh, it depends so uh, oli mm-hmm. is popular as a skiing destination of india so most of the time tourists go there during the skiing season which is during winters maybe december to march around mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or uh, if you are going on a trek you know if you're going on like a spring time trek so in that case right. you would go during uh, june july or some some somewhere around that time okay Yeah, even I was trying to look up that when might be a good time to go here and looks like pretty much it has something you could do throughout the year, right? Winters you have skiing and stuff and yes. summers and uh, other times you can do a lot of lot of treks and hikes uh, around, around the area. Around this region, yes, totally. Exactly. So that way you could go anytime but it just depends on the activity you're going there for. So based on that you could definitely uh, decide what you want to do. And uh, just in terms of getting here um I know uh, given its location right it's mm-hmm. uh, kind of strategically located as well it might be uh, you might not be able to fly here directly but um, what's a good way to get here and how did you get here Oh yeah uh, that's kind of tricky and it's not that straightforward it doesn't have like good accessibility uh, mm-hmm. so the the uh, way I did was uh, I went to Rishikesh I was staying in Rishikesh and from Rishikesh uh, we took a taxi to Oli 
and it's almost like a day long taxi and you can't take a you can't do it in the night because uh, the roads are like very narrow steep so yeah. <laughs> it has to be done during the day and the uh, best ways to actually travel to oli is either through a bus or through taxi and conveniently convenient mode is definitely taxi in that sense so yeah so it is kind of tricky to reach here and you will have to reserve a day just to travel one side to oli and then again back to rishikesh another day right so two days traveling but it is worth it yeah definitely so uh, do make sure that you plan your itinerary out it's not uh, one of those i mean especially for us uh, for some of us who might be living like down south it's not just something yeah. you can just pack your bags and uh, shoot off unfortunately like somebody living closer uh, i guess like delhi or i mean even for them it's uh, li- because the thing is the last leg is a little bit of a challenge right yes, so yes. you have to plan this out a little bit and you have to have a set itinerary so that's why make sure you do the planning ahead of time you did call out about the orientation and uh, where it's located and uh, how one can get there uh, now tell us a little bit more in terms of uh, just things to do in oli because it is a quaint village but uh, it has kind of gained a lot of popularity with the different things one can do in the past few years right so speak to us a little bit in terms of uh, your experience and uh, well, what are the kinds of things one can indulge in uh, while in oli Sure. So I think the first thing that you'll recognize when you're in Oli, which definitely you can't miss out, is the panoramic views of the Himalayas. It's like mm-hmm. everywhere, and it's just so incredible. You can. It's like the right. You you. It's right in front of your eyes. You know, the Himalayan ranges. So it's like really incredible in that sense. And uh, people majorly go to Oli for skiing. so skiing mm-hmm. is like one of the major uh, things that people do in oli so it's mostly during the winter time so oli tourism picked up when it was marketed as a skiing destination after the creation of uttarakhand state so it kind mm-hmm. of holds like uh, national skiing competitions and boasts of like world class skiing slopes yeah skiing is definitely the major adventure sport here and uh, it's it's amazing <laughs> you definitely have to try skiing here so the first time when i went to oli i realized that it's a skiing destination so i was like okay i'm going to come back here again and learn skiing and that's what i did a couple of years back i went back to oli i went for a four day skiing course i mean i went to oli just for the skiing so it was uh, i was learning skiing for like four days but i still mm-hmm. feel it was quite a short duration i would have preferred to be there at least for a week at least 7 days is you know minimum for learning skiing and 14 days would definitely be ideal <laughs> if you want to learn skiing right and as i understand i think there's uh, several options for you to uh, learn skiing right both tandem as well as professional there's uh, different packages basically one can opt for or pay for and then learn skiing while here right yes yes so i think a lot of tourists who come in here uh, they mostly try skiing i mean it's not mm-hmm. something that they maybe take a day course of skiing right right so in that case what they do is they kind of make sure that you're comfortable with the gear and they you kind of move around slip and fall <laughs> so you know mm-hmm. kind of get comfortable with that so that that's what happens and when you are there for a longer time you end up uh, learning how to ski like sliding down the slopes and controlling your speed and uh, mm. doing it from a higher elevation and right. doing the turns that's when the fun begins <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's when the falls begin 
yeah true <laughs> that too that. <laughs> <laughs> i think uh, in terms of uh, adventure i can uh, watch for that it's definitely an adventure and just the way in which uh, in which you glad it's a little different and i guess in terms of um, other sort of adventure sports you have uh, very unique to uh, the area and uh, yeah it's not too many other places in india that offer you this so definitely definitely yeah. sign up for this now in terms of uh, kind of planning or managing this ahead of time like did you have to book this before you travel to early or uh, how how did this work uh, so yes i did book before i traveled uh, so mm-hmm. there are main two uh, places that you can book it from one is the government one uh mm-hmm. which you can find it over there i think it's uh, gmvn it's the government body that organizes skiing in oli and the right. other one is uh, oli skiing it's a private organization that has been teaching skiing for about 20 years 20 odd years mm-hmm. the thing with oli is that it's kind of difficult to reach there right and also most of the stuff is they get it from the nearby town joshimat so what mm-hmm. lot of people end up doing is taking a package packaged or like which involves the stay and the food and the skiing because that comes okay. for a better deal and it's for a small town it is quite expensive so right. it, it kind of makes sense to go for like package deals like this mm-hmm. and uh, both the private and the public uh, organizations uh, both of them offer yeah. uh, these kind of packages you yes. say okay yes they do yes Okay, uh, I think that's a good option and uh, something definitely to consider. Given that it's, uh, it also appears to be cost-effective to do it this way, right? Uh, yes. Rather than just sign up for the course. That's the main draw to only for anyone who's going there. Obviously, you don't have to have to indulge in it if uh, either you're not up for it, skiing is not your thing, or physically uh, you think it's a little overwhelming. You don't have to, but it is one of the draws of uh, Oli, and uh, definitely make sure that a winter trip is uh, on the cards if you're planning to um, indulge in. skiing now having spent some time here i know um, perhaps your second trip was uh, completely kind of spent uh, in this four day course like you called out and uh, getting to and fro early i think um, but uh, for someone who might not be considering uh, skiing to be top of the agenda how do you or uh, what are the things you would call out one can uh, spend time doing while here yeah uh, so artificial lake is one of the popular things uh, in oli mm-hmm. So it's like a man-made lake, and it's around right. the skiing slopes that you can find. It's like a photography spot mm-hmm. of sorts. And uh, another popular thing is the cable car ride. So it yep. is supposedly the second la- longest ropeway in Asia after the Gulmarg ropeway, Gulmarg Gondola. So it is from Joshimat to Oli. So it's a, it covers about four kilometers, and it's the uh, one of the ways to between Joshimat and Oli. another is by road and road is like 11 kilometers so this is like the shortest <laughs> distance <laughs> yeah and definitely beats the road trip i'm sure yeah <laughs> right? by the In views of, uh, yeah yeah exactly the views and i mean i get car sick very easily so uh, i would uh, prefer the cable car any day but uh, yeah to your point second uh, second longest um, the cable car ride and uh, there is also a smaller one i believe right uh, this might be 
I think within um, Oli, right? It's like less than a kilometer longer, I think. So for somebody who's looking for a quick one, you could do that. But yeah. this one doesn't take too long either, right? It takes about half an hour is what I believe uh, yeah. Oli to Joshimat, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Uh, so another one I think you're talking about is the chairlift, probably. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that is from the lower Oli, you can reach to the ski slopes. You might You have to take another... Uh, like a chairlift so maybe that's right. yeah what you're talking about right that's the gmnv2 uh the only i guess yeah the cable the chair cable right yes. right uh, that's the that's the shorter one uh, definitely do make sure to do this obviously for the views like um raksha called out even at the beginning there is tons and tons of uh, beautiful mountains okay not tons but uh, there's a bunch of beautiful uh, mountains that surround ali so it gives you like a very uh, scenic view as well there's these are huge peaks right uh, raksha not even the smaller peaks i guess so you have uh, anything from uh, say ananda devi to yes. hathi parvat trishul mana parvat uh, dronagiri mana parvat yes, yes. dronagiri yeah yes. there's a bunch of them mount kamet so um, there is definitely views in all directions i believe and uh, oh, that's yes. why <laughs> that's waking why up to that view in the morning is just priceless <laughs> exactly exactly and yeah uh, cable car kind of amplifies that uh, experience as well because um, you're kind of now getting a 360 degree view of everything right right, right. from the views um, surrounding you the, the the mountains and stuff and things below as well uh, because uh, even the view for example of the man made lake that you're talking of right yes. uh, and that's great while you're taking the cable oh, car yes. ride yes so definitely uh, do take that opportunity and uh, joshimat right just quickly touching up on joshimat as well um, one of the i would say trailheads for a lot of uh, important hikes say for example the valley of flowers also a lot of people do come uh, start the trek or stay here and then um, move from here uh, etc and other places also i think even uh, there's hemkund sahib and all of those that uh, you can a lot of people stop over at joshimat before proceeding so it has a bunch of uh, different activities one can indulge in and uh, while we're talking of uh, joshimat and uh, treks what are some of the important treks and uh, hikes in the area um, because not necessarily Ali because a lot of these uh, either pass through Ali or start off from Ali and stuff like that right uh, Raksha yes, so would yes. you like to call out a few of these yeah sure uh, so the first one is uh, the one that I went to was Gwari Pass trek that was this was during my first uh, trip to Ali so mm-hmm. uh, it was a four day long trek and the uh, the stopover we had stopovers in oli before and after the trek so that's one of them and uh, valley of flowers is another popular uh, trek that a lot of people know about there are also day trekking available uh, mm-hmm. in oli so there are like oli to gordon tali kulara tapovan and uh, there is another one which is gurso bugyal which is very yeah. close uh, to oli i mean it's just about 3 kilometers from uh, oli and it's uh, really beautiful i i did not i, w- I did not end up going there but uh, my uh, brother and his friend ended up going there when we were traveling the second time so it okay. is quite scenic and this was during winter so it was ki- kind of surrounded by snow all throughout and it was quite pristine snow i mean not mm-hmm. a lot of people were trekking during that time maybe so it was like uh, very pristine snow that uh, you could find there so and it's very uh, close by from the uh, skiing slopes it's it was about maybe 2 hours or so they 
uh, you know they came they went there and came back so it was quite quick and you can't uh, expect to have such like you know scenic views so close <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely a lot of lot of uh, very beautiful treks that are options to uh, consider as well while you're uh, in early and might be interested in uh, trekking as an option rather than uh, say the other things that we were spe- speaking of yes. primarily which is skiing uh, now just touching upon the quarry pass trek right this is one of the treks that you did um, can you tell us a little bit more about this like uh, you did mention it's a multi-day trek but uh, just in terms of the distance you covered during this trek or even the nature of the trek like um, was this a winter trek like a snow trek or is this more like meadows um, and something to do in uh, say summer months etc like uh, what was your experience uh, so i went there during summer months like just the start of the season so it was uh, it it i kind of did the uh, kuari pass and pangachula peak so okay. two of them together and the uh, kuari pass is mostly a uh, kind of you know uh, meadows and uh, in the sense it's quite scenic and uh, uh, the pangachula peak is kind of can be on the technical side if you're going during the winters like with harnesses and gears and stuff like that right. so it's kind of an intermediate trek in our uh, winters kuari pass is mostly easy trek but if mm-hmm. combined with pangachula it can be like easy plus or you know, medium <laughs> level right and uh, just in terms of uh, the trek in itself right uh, so given that it's an easy trek i think most people can give it a try it's just that it's uh, how many days did you say you did this or was this uh, so in it was 4 days peak? yes it was 4 days so 3 days climbing up and uh, one day coming back so kuari pass itself was like 2 days and pangachula peak was one day and uh, the next day we climb down okay yeah so yeah this is uh, it uh, it was my first himalayan trek so yeah it can be done for beginners it can definitely be considered for beginners okay that's good and uh, just in terms of the altitude i know we did touch upon that it's roughly like 2500 meters above sea level and everything but is ams something to be considered for uh, somebody who's uh, considering even the treks in the vicinity uh well uh, so most of the times you end up going by uh, this uh, road route right so mostly mm-hmm. taking like a car or taxi or a bus or something so in that case i haven't really experienced ams at this point and i haven't heard of anyone but maybe it's right. a good idea i mean just take a break and it kind of the <laughs> location is such that you end up taking pit stops so the same thing happened right. with us as well like we were coming from rishikesh so rishikesh to oli was a whole day trip like a journey and then we stayed in oli overnight and then we went on the trek next day so it it kind of uh, goes in a slow pace so i think it was fine it was uh, it did not feel like you had to take much precautions or anything yeah Okay okay that's good uh, that's good to know and uh, just in terms of the treks also like you mentioned uh, pretty easy to beginner level trek so anyone can do it and uh, a lot of these uh, i think it's about uh, just the nature and the surroundings and the views you get right because uh, a lot of these are uh, meadow treks 
Oh, yes, right? yes, So you're yes. passing through meadows and only in itself, right? It is a meadow, like Bugyal, like, oh, yes, like you call it, right? Yes, That's what yes. uh, it is. So some beautiful views and uh, yeah, definitely kind of enjoy that. And uh, obviously you get the mountains, you have the company of the mountains all along. Uh, so it's something to enjoy for. And uh, the great thing is you have options, right? You could do multi-day treks like the quarry pass trek that you did. Otherwise there's uh, smaller day treks as well. Yeah, uh, longer treks like that or day treks even yes. if uh, for somebody who's not looking to like uh, camp overnight and stuff like that, you could do uh, smaller treks during the day as well. So yeah, we did the skiing aspect of it and we also covered the other important part which is the hikes and the treks in the area, which is I think which is what a lot of these um, places in the north, uh, the, the hill stations in the north are popular for, right? So definitely do consider early as an option as well. Now, besides hiking and trekking, uh, other things to do for somebody who's uh, just looking to take a break, say, between uh, hikes or treks, uh, and they have a couple of days to spend in the in the city, in the town, what are the, some of the other options one can consider? Okay, the Joshi Mart uh, that we talked about, right? So it's about, uh, it's the closest town from Oli, and uh, it's about 10 kilometers or so from road and uh, it's uh, it's also called Jyotir Mart yeah it's called Jyotir Mart and it's the one of the four cardinal institutions established what? by Shankaracharya you can find a Shankaracharya Mart and cave over there so uh, that's something uh, people go to so and there is also this uh, 2500 year old Kalparviksha tree uh, where Shankaracharya attained enlightenment that's something also people, you know, go to uh, for. And and I think in the vicinity, there's also Narsima Temple. So in Joshimat is like another attraction for pilgrims. Yeah, uh, very interesting. And uh, especially uh, Mutt and the cave that you mentioned of uh, Adi Shankaracharya, right? I think that's also quite unique because uh, this was somebody who literally traveled, I think it's... Um, definitely a few hundred years ago and his travel spanned across India, right? The different points across India. So yes, uh, one yes. of the key spots that he spent time here as well. So definitely, definitely do um, consider checking that out. And uh, like you mentioned, it's not too far away. Yeah. Uh, so Shankaracharya uh, established a mat here in jo- Joshi Mat, and uh, it's one of the four cardinal institutions where he did that. And the other places are Shringeri, Puri and Dwarka. So it's like uh, he founded four monasteries in four directions. So Jyotir Math, it's apparently the first first one, like first centers of religious learning. Yeah, very, very uh, significant uh, place that way. And uh, just in terms of the travels of uh, Adi Shankaracharya also, right, as he was uh, spreading the religion and his teachings. So definitely make it a point to check it out. And either way, I think you will end up in Joshimat one way or the other, given you might uh, come here either through the cable car ride or you might be here as a part of uh, one of the other treks that you're taking uh, that we kind of spoke about as well, because Joshimat is kind of the trailhead or uh, the stopover point for a lot of these treks. So definitely make it a point to um, check out the mud and the cave that um, Raksha mentioned earlier. Now, uh, along with this, uh, is there is there more places as well in the vicinity um, you'd like us to consider, Raksha? There's another place that I would like to mention here is the Tapovan Hot Springs. So it's uh, 
close to uh, Joshimart, uh, about like 10-15 kilometers I think from Joshimart. So you can take like a taxi or uh, like there is a mm-hmm. taxi stand in uh, Joshimart. So from there you can go to Tapovan or uh, you can have your own taxi. So it's a short drive and uh, the main thing here is the hot springs. Yeah, this, uh, this continues to kind of baffle me, right? Uh, you have hot springs. Uh, I mean, just one of the boons of the nature. It's uh, it's just that while it's really, really cold in the surrounding areas, oh, yes. it's uh, yeah. like a blessing to have this, right? Especially hot springs. So it's great that uh, you kind of got a chance to visit here as well. And uh, like I touched upon even at the beginning, this place, it uh, does have a lot of religiously significant circuits like pilgrimages or circuits, if I can call it. Uh, all of these uh, chota yes. chardhams and um, your different prayags and all of that. A uh, lot of, lot of things around the vicinity. So uh, while your hourly trip or trek can be maybe a week long, but uh, if you want to like make it an extended trip and spend a few weeks here, you could easily, easily do that because there's so many things in the vicinity to do, right? And uh, just touching upon the... Uh, I guess significance in the epics also, right? Especially in the Ramayana, I think. I read up while I was looking up about this as well. There is this important Hanuman temple and uh, it is believed that uh, Hanuman actually rested here uh, while he was taking Sanjeevni back to Lanka, right? Uh, while while he was... Oh, okay, right. I might have read that somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> so that was also yeah, very yeah. fascinating for me. Uh, it's just that... Uh, connection i think uh, it, it does have mentions a lot of mentions and uh, even that mountain i believe uh, a portion of the mountain that he did take away for the sanjeevni jadi booty it's it's around here in this region so that way it's it's just fascinating for me to kind of read up those connections because we oh, keep yes. hearing these yeah. stories um, while we're growing up right and then when you actually relate it to a place <laughs> it's it's kind of great to draw oh, that yes. connection it's yeah you, it's more relatable <laughs> exactly yeah so uh, do definitely kind of uh, check those out as well when you um, get a chance and uh, otherwise it's a small quaint sort of a town it's uh, a lot of these uh, adventure activities that's the mainstay of uh, places like Oli right but uh, just in terms of uh, your experience um, say with the local be it the cuisine or the culture or the people the Garwali people like we call them right uh, of the those are the people, the locals of the area. Uh, did you have anything uh, you wanted to share with us, Raksha? I mean, like all Garwali people, right? They're, they're very courteous and nice and hospitable. Mostly when I was in Oli, the food-wise, uh, you stay in hot hotels uh, and you mostly eat in restaurants. I mean, that's how it goes because there are not many restaurants around that area. And uh, there are like Garwali cuisines as well. You might like come across from time to time. So, uh, yeah, but it's, I think, uh, like, uh, most because most of the times food is kind of uh, gotten from uh, Joshi Mart, right? So, it, it's kind of expensive because of that. And, uh, yeah, staying in Oli itself is expensive. And uh, food in general is, like, very generic in that sense. Yeah, uh, I guess it's just the challenging terrain and uh, to get to here right uh, so that's why i think most of the stuff is brought from uh, the close by uh, villages or joshimat uh, towns, yeah, towns yeah. etc so yes, yes. maybe that's the reason also why it's so pricey right uh, so yeah. yeah yeah most of the locals that i was talking about uh, they were like uh, we stay in joshimat and they kind of uh, walk 
to uh, Oli every day, like if they're right, working right. there. So it's right. like a one and a half uh, hour walk, like uh, uh, like one way. So you know right. they they do that kind of every day. That's kind of their right. ritual to work in Oli. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, I think that's why it also becomes important, right, uh, to kind of take care, uh, take extra care, I guess, when you travel to places like this, um, to maintain that pristine condition they are in right and uh, not go and yes. litter or uh, leave your waste and stuff like that because first of all it's difficult terrains and uh, secondly it's like a lot of people here uh, they come from outside for work as well um, so it's kind of difficult to it's it's so difficult you see just given the challenging terrains and the snow and everything it makes it hard in terms of maintenance also maintenance yeah it's difficult in terms of if somebody litters i mean if there are litters right it's kind of challenging for them as well to move it somewhere else i mean like transfer it to the appropriate places so things like that should definitely be considered i mean ideally you would do that anywhere you travel to uh, because tourism and people visiting places a lot of places that are pristine and much smaller don't have the infrastructure it is going to happen eventually right Correct. because people will find out people will come but the only way you can maintain and uh, make them accessible to coming generations and people to follow is by doing your homework yourself right uh, not doing all of this stuff like littering or uh, uh, leaving uh, waste be it plastic food whatever uh, be, uh, leaving that behind and all of that so taking extra care wherever you go to it doesn't necessarily have to be early but uh, that's something one should uh, yes everywhere i think in the mountains itself i mean the infrastructure is i mean not that uh, like the cities yeah. right so i think it's always better to carry our own trash exactly. or not litter everywhere we go so basic things exactly, yeah. exactly so definitely definitely keep that in mind uh but yeah thanks so much uh, for calling out the important parts raksha uh, now as we start to kind of um wind this up any memorable moments from the trip that you'd like to call out raksha yeah uh so i think uh from the first trek that i uh, first uh, trip to Oli that I did so that was to Quarry Pass right so I think when I reached Oli I had no idea about the place and it kind of quite surprised me because uh, the morning that I woke up I just saw like mm-hmm. mountains towering towards me and uh, it's just you get 360 degree views of the Himalayas and it's just so incredible so that was quite special to see that because not a lot of places you get to see that right and uh, the second time was I was sure that I wanted to go to Oli second time because the first time it was just merely a pit stop and uh, wanted to spend more time there. So the second time that I went there, it was specifically for skiing and skiing there was so much fun. I mean, I did fall <laughs> so many times, but it was also quite interesting to learn skiing there and uh, in like four days uh, we learned so much and uh, we wanted to definitely stay there for like a week or two to learn it like properly but yeah maybe have to go back again but it's quite uh, nice to learn skiing there it's and there were some amazing people who were skiing like you know <laughs> so nicely and it's it was just a sight watching them i'm sure there's a lot of uh 
pretty professional uh, skiers also in the area oh, who, yes. oh, yes. uh, who kind of come here to uh, ski and practice. And before we forget, we should also call out that Dehradun and Oli together, they did also host the first uh, South Asian Winter Games in 2011. So that way also, Oli has been like really popular in the skiing circuit in India. It's it's been a pleasure talking with you and uh, talking about all of these things, important things that a lot of us, I did not know a lot of the, uh, things about, especially the skiing part of it uh, before we spoke about this. So thank you so much for calling that out and uh, also shining some light on this uh, hidden gem, I would say, uh, that's completely hidden and surrounded by the mountains and the beautiful views and um, sh- shining some light on it and uh, calling out some important things and uh, how one can make this um, almost a adventure activity kind of a trip as well as indulge in other things like hiking and uh, just visiting some uh, historically significant places also in the vicinity. Thank you so much, Raksha. It was a pleasure having this wonderful conversation with you. Thank you, Saif. The pleasure was all mine. It was so nice talking to you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. That was yet another great episode of The Vasafir Stories. If you guys like the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Savan, Pocket Casts, CastBox, Stitcher or any other podcasting app available on iOS or Android. Please do leave us a review on iTunes. It goes a long way in the show's discoverability. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. We go by the handle The Musafir Stories. Or if it suits you, you could email us at themusafirstories at gmail.com or visit our website at www.themusafirstories.com for more information. All of these links will be made available in the show notes section of each episode. So here's to more traveling, sharing and inspiring. Stay tuned for our next episode. Until then, happy travels and goodbye.